a lot of people go to hemp seed oil or uh, you know shelled hemp hearts yeah. for a source of omega three fatty acids. Okay. Okay. And so the seed has those within it so that it can start producing the cannabinoids once it, you know, starts growing. So it's this really fascinating process where the plant also needs the same chemical to produce its cannabinoids as we need to produce ours. And you can also get that from the plant. CBD, or cannabidiol, is an important constituent of the hemp plant, and it's all the rage now in terms of helping our health. From CBD tinctures to lotions to even gummies for your pets, it's hard to go anywhere without seeing products that advertise CBD. But how do you know which CBD products are good quality, how much to take, and for which health conditions? Today, we are diving into the world of CBD to better understand what it is and how it can benefit your health. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co-founder of Capital Integrative Health. This is a podcast that is dedicated to transforming the consciousness around just what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness. Today's guest is Sean Rose, a clinical herbalist with a focus on herbal mental health management for conditions including depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and effective use of medical cannabis. Join us for a conversation with Sean about how CBD can help with anxiety, insomnia, pain, and lowering inflammation and how to identify quality CBD products for your health. All right, Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <clears throat> and so let's uh, let's talk first about how you became interested in herbal medicine. You mm -hmm. are co-founder of an apothecary. You work at yes. different uh, apothecaries too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do a lot of different stuff, uh, as we were talking before we started recording. Um, so yeah, I'm a co-founder of Strobe Apothecary in Crofton, Maryland. Um, we're super small, only about year and a half, I think, into business. Um, 18 months. Something like that. Yeah. Something around there. Um, so I do that. Uh, um, I also work for a small apothecary in Owings Mills called Hugh Apothecary. Um, they're like a vegan cafe, and I do the apothecary desk. So if you're near Owings Mills. H-U-E. Mm -hmm. um, H-U-E, yes. Okay. It's a big deal actually they just won a big old like prize um it's like a black owned business uh nice uh husband and wife team co-owners um just super cool stuff that they're doing over there awesome. and then i also um have my own clinical business so it's tender-hearted integrative wellness services um right now i only have two practitioners myself a clinical herbalist and my friend Bonnie, who is also a co-founder of Strobe, um, who is a crystal healer, advanced crystal master. Uh, nice. So that's what she does, and we're working together on like building it out into a more like established sort of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. How do you how do you combine the crystals with the herbs? Is there some interaction there, or is that something you do on the evals? Well, you know, I would want you to get Bonnie on here to talk about it because she's so knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. um, she. She actually combines her crystal healing with Reiki, but she herself is also uh, also kind of an herbalist of her own right. Um, she doesn't do so much like clinical sort of stuff, but she works with herbs every single day. Yeah. Um, and I think she would probably tell you that the crystals are the foundation for the herbs. They're the rocks that are underneath the plants. True. So True. it's more of a deeper level, which is probably why like 
some people don't respond to it so well. They don't. Mm-hmm. They can't grasp the subtlety. I don't know. Yeah, and you need the minerals to to nourish the plant. Yes, so and a lot of those a lot of those minerals are found in the plants, and we also have several like isolated minerals that we use as medicines all the time. You know, right, lithium right. is in lapidolite, for instance. That's one that Bonnie taught me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love this conversation already because we know that you know plants are really a big foundation of health. Yes. And a lot of times, even in you know what what I would say is modern industrialized medicine, we might kind of get away from that or think mm-hmm. we're getting away from that. But sometimes if you go around the maze, you come back to the very beginning. Absolutely. And a lot of, like, <clears throat> I, th- I think you're really speaking to something here. Like, a lot of our prescription medications that we have are isolated plant compounds or isolated mineral compounds. Um, it's pretty common, you a, know. A really common one is metformin mm-hmm. from French lilac. Yep. It's an amazing. I didn't know that that was from lilac. It's a beautiful flower. Interesting. Yes, yes. Interesting. So it's become one of my favorite meds. And yeah. Then I'm looking at it like, oh, this is actually derived from a natural compound and you know I think it's in a way very integrated like that that's so cool yeah yeah I mean I always like lean on the example of like digoxin from foxglove you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. which oh gosh that's a whole another box to open but yeah you know tremendously poisonous herb mm. but in super tiny doses very medicinal the dose makes the medicine. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, awesome. And let's give a shout out to Christine, who's yes. our connector. She's awesome. She's our practice administrator and friend of yours. Yes, I love Christine. She's yes. just such a sweet soul, and she's always taking care of everybody. And she was at Smile with you. She was and at then, Smile with me. She was my yeah. manager, and um, I, when she actually came to work for you, I then took her place as the assistant manager of that store. Um, so she while. mentored you and kind of yes she did nice she really nice. she really did and got me like up to speed really quick on all of the interest all of the uh, intricacies of running that shop <laughs> yeah but she just finished her herbal yes, training at least the, the basic part yeah mm-hmm. which is great yeah yes yeah, so she's gonna be like your kind of herbal connect here that's right i love that that's awesome. she's so smart she's she's so great so shout out to christine hey christine <laughs> i love you <laughs> and let's kind of go deep dive into the sr sean rose stories here sure. um chapter one uh, <laughs> why did you um how did you become interested in herbal medicine yourself your evolution how did you uh, become a clinical herbalist yourself so that's a really long story um as i told you also before we started recording i have adhd so I've kind of bounced around in my life. Um, I've done a lot of different things. Uh, where to start? I think I started working with herbs really as a child. Um, I just remember always wanting to be like a potion maker or like, you know, making, you know, having like a bowl of just grass and weeds and like, oh, so, so not just Merlin, but like Merlin <laughs> Earth or something. Kind of. Yeah, yeah sure. Like, yeah. uh, um, I've just always interacted with plants and found them like tremendously nourishing. I didn't really know what herbalism was until much later in life. But um, yeah, as a kid, I think the first herb that I ever interacted with was willow uh, because I had this gigantic, gigantic willow tree Mm -hmm. in my yard when I lived in West Virginia. We lived like in a river valley. The soil was so nourishing i guess to this weeping willow that it grew 
enormous and its branches touch the ground and I would uh, go inside of its branches basically and like hang out there as a child and it was my like it was my little protective spot you know my little sanctuary That's awesome. I think yeah. Um, yeah over time like my mother used a few herbal remedies with me growing up she would put tea tree essential oil in my shampoo and you know do that sort of thing she would always make me drink tea when I got sick Unfortunately, it was like Lipton tea, which I hate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I did interact with herbal medicines that way. Um, I quickly developed a love for chamomile for myself uh, as kind of an anxious, Very depressive yeah. type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, chamomile was really helpful for me. Um, and I've even used it topically. Like I had a big old scar on my nose. You can't see it anymore because I just I put chamomile on it every single day for a month actually and it ended up going away so yeah that's part of my story eventually um through a bunch of different jobs you know I worked I was an English teacher abroad for a little bit and so I learned how to like teach people um something told me that I needed to go work in the produce department at mom's organic market yeah, or really, moms. really just any produce department. Yeah. I applied at a few different places, but Mom's was the place that I eventually like went to and started working with the produce there, learning a lot more about food as medicine mm-hmm. and specifically plant food as medicine. Um, and the different, I was just so interested in all of the different fruits and vegetables. Did and they have they, a training program there, or they they have some sense of you know no, as a worker there? Um, well, so if you work in the wellness department, right. definitely you get a lot of access to trainings. Right. Um, the produce department, you don't really. It was kind of ec- extracurricular on my mm-hmm. part. <laughs> um, taste everything. Little, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Taste everything. Learn yeah. what the tastes mean. Yeah. Uh, learn what actually like viewing the the plant itself or the produce itself means you know Mm -hmm. if you see red berries there's flavonoid content or blue blue, you know blueberries yeah tons of flavonoid content because that's the color of the flavonoid you know um yeah it was definitely like i said more extracurricular i think on my part interest yeah i did eventually go work in the wellness department there too and that's where i started learning a little bit more about supplementation and what that was and what all the different herbs in the wellness department were. And um, it informed a lot of like what I was doing for a little while. Okay, so then (laughs) I got a job at um, a dispensary, medical cannabis dispensary uh, in Silver Spring. It's Rise in Silver Spring. Shout out to my team there. Rise. They're great great people, Um, much smarter than me when it comes to cannabis. We're in Silver Spring. Uh, it's on Fenton Street. Okay, right in downtown. Right in downtown. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. And um, it's uh, the general manager and the assistant general manager and a few of the supervisors are people who like trained me mm-hmm. in cannabis, and they are just so smart. Um, they're actually two of them, at least I know, are about to graduate or have graduated recently from the. Um, cannabis program at the University of Maryland College Park. Okay, okay. So, oh, I didn't know they had a program too. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of new. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I started working with cannabis. Uh, part of cannabis, you learn the cannabinoids, of course, which this conversation will mostly be about, but then yeah. you learn about terpenes. Terpenes yeah. are these volatile oils that kind of influence the effect of the cannabinoids. 
and I found out those terpenes are in all these other plants. So like linalool is in lavender, um, beta-caryophyllene is in black pepper. And these are compounds that appear pretty commonly in cannabis as well and influence, like I said, the the effects of the uh, cannabinoids around them. So, Would it be accurate to say they're first cousins, second cousins, distant family reunion? <laughs> I, you know, plants? I don't know because uh, you know cannabis is, has its own; it's in its own family, um, cannabis cannabaceae, uh, which it only shares that with hops. Hops and okay. cannabis, as far as I understand, are like the only two plants in that category. In that, okay. Um, but then, you know, lavender is uh, a type of mint. I, th- I believe it's in the mint family. Um, and, I mean, there's other plants like, uh, you know, chamomile. Alphabizabalol alpha is a terpene there, um, which gives it its soothing effect. And that's in the aster family. So it's also a totally kind of different family. I so, was making that point because in a way the earth nature healing is redundant you know there's some you get it from everywhere provision right and and you can get it from different places depending where you live and and your environment you don't necessarily need this plant right to do that thing there is another there's some other alternative somewhere else exactly exactly um so anyway that got me started on my herbalism track kind of i went from the dispensary to working at an herb shop where i met christine and yeah uh, eventually then I went to the Maryland University of Integrative Health where I got my master's degree in clinical herbal medicine. And a common thread weaving through that whole story that I just told you is really my own mental health. I think that that's really, at the end of the day, why I got into herbal medicine. Um, because I had taken like antidepressants and other medicines and all of them had I found out I'm a very sensitive person (laughs) to those medicines um, and they had very heavy effects on me that I didn't like Um, so I learned about the plants and the medicines they offer to sort of either supplement a medication that I might be taking or um, you know in the absence of that at least give myself stable ground to stand on nice so actually like on instagram now i'm working on like branding myself as at mental health herbalist because i want to focus my efforts on holistic mental health we need so much more that Mm -hmm. i think even before the pandemic and Mm -hmm. now even more right yes kind of getting back to you know we've had a lot of social isolation a lot of disconnect from the earth i would say Mm -hmm. in the past couple years Mm -hmm. And, and I think this is a real opportunity for us to reconnect. I would agree. Yeah. I would yeah. agree. Especially as, I mean, like, I don't know if you saw all the, all the news stories back there. You know, when we went into lockdown for a, for a few months, like, the mm-hmm. air got cleaner. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dolphins started swimming and, like, right. Venice or the something like that. The birds came yeah. back, you know. Right, right. And right. then it all fell away. <laughs> then it <laughs> polluted again. Yep. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so herbs, it sounds like have been a really a, a, a professional inspiration and also a personal benefit for you, mm-hmm. um, both. And, and, you know, certainly that personal professional interlink and interplay together. Right. Um, 
And now, just if I could, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. do you, how do you feel like your mental health is with all the different things you know now? And I'm still learning every day. Sure, sure. Um, especially as I've like gone on to actually seek diagnosis with psychiatrists or you know psychiatric nurse practitioners and stuff, uh, you know other professionals. Mm-hmm. I found out that I shouldn't have been medicated for depression the whole time because it was really just the ADHD. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now I'm taking um, a rather low dose ADHD medication, mm-hmm. and then I supplement that with my herbal medicines to keep myself focused, keep myself energized. Um, this is like a whole other podcast. Yeah, uh, exactly. Herbs for mental health. Yeah, really. And I'm should. happy to come back and talk yeah. about it. But I'm learning more every day, for real. Um, so, yeah, it's really turned almost into like a spiritual practice for me, and it's kind of awesome. it's really yeah. rewarding to be working with tools that I know will help people that I know have helped me. Uh, that I feel like I have some intuitive sense of, you know. If yeah. someone's telling me what's wrong with them, typically I'm like, I have like three herbs for that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's rare to invite someone back before we talk about the main topic, but here we are. You're invited back, so we'll talk more about I'm inviting myself back. That's, That's okay. awesome. Yeah. Mutual invitation. <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk about the, um, the, the, the plant. Uh, I was going to say meat, but it's a plant, mm-hmm. so it's a, a meaty plant. Um, it is. What is CBD, cannabidiol? Um, what is the mechanism in our body? If you could just kind of walk our listeners through the, the basics of what, what that is and how it kind of interacts with, with uh, cannabis. Sure. So um, I think the best place to start with any cannabinoid, cannabinoid medicines is um, the fact that we have a whole system of receptors in our body called the endocannabinoid system. Um, it's called the endocannabinoid system because we found out that cannabis compounds interact with it, but your body actually produces its own endocannabinoids that serve a lot of functions in the body. So a lot of people refer to, um, uh, you know, like the runner's high. If people are running, sometimes they get this kind of high feeling and it's due to the release of this endocannabinoid that your body produces called anandamide. Ananda meaning bliss. Um, so endorphins and anandamide are it's kind of synonymous? like it's kind of Is like that? endorphins. Yeah. I don't know if they're the you know I couldn't tell you if they're the exact same thing, but I do know that they especially anandamide okay, delivers kind of a, okay. a similar effect. Um, if, Time to go running later then. Yeah. Ex- I wish. <laughs> Except it rained today, so exactly. depending on how how many puddles are out there. Drove through a whole tornado just to get here. Um, So CBD in particular is just one of these cannabinoids. And um, I was talking about anandamide a second ago. Anandamide uh, interacts with the body like THC does. Um, CBD doesn't exactly have an analog in our body in quite the same way. Um, I definitely have heard some people uh, say that it kind of mimics um, a compound called 2AC, uh, but I'm not so sure. Um, and I'm not a chemist, so yeah. <laughs> I definitely know the therapeutic effects a little bit more. My vision of CBD is that it um, it helps the cam- endocannabinoid receptors in your body sort of open up to accept cannabinoids 
whether those are phytocannabinoids from a plant or endocannabinoids from your own body, better. So that's, I think, why we see such a kind of nonspecific effect with CBD, where it's mm-hmm. helping regulate a lot of things in your body like pain or sometimes hunger, although I think THC has more of an effect on hunger, temperature. The endocannabinoid system is responsible for the regulation of what we would call homeostasis or the kind of the neutral position of the body um, and all of its processes. So CBD effectively helps your body regulate its own processes better. It helps homeostasis, kind of opens our bodies up to healing. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of opens your body up to the compounds that it produces to keep itself leveled out? Yes, mm-hmm. and and we know that you know, and more integrative and naturopathic medicine, etc. That that there's this idea that there's an innate healer inside of us, mm-hmm. right? And that sounds like the healer is you know <clears throat> a big component is is cannabinoids. I would say it's a very large component, absolutely, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in these times we live in where there's just stress at every turn. Um, I think it's a very important part, uh, or at least understanding how it works, nourishing your endocannabinoid system in some way, whether that's through ingesting plants that have similar compounds or, uh, yeah, it's, it's just... It's a very important part, I would say. I think it's <laughs> worth repeating because we've had another friend on here before, Dr. Misha Kogan, mm-hmm. who is a author of a medical cannabis book and mm-hmm. is very into cannabis as well. And I think what people don't know, even doctors don't know a, a lot about it yet, I think, in terms of how what you just said before a couple minutes ago, which is that we have our own natural endocannabinoid system, right? Mm-hmm. So we've had this sort of regulatory bodies that's saying, oh, there's cannabis and should it be legal or not and things like that. But at the end of the day, we have cannabinoid receptors mm-hmm. our body is set up set to up. interact yeah. with this plants herb. or like you said the endocannabinoid the endogenous cannabinoids exactly yeah yeah so it actually kind of baffles me sometimes that it's even scheduled right i mean there's that's another podcast <laughs> yeah well, well the, the um uh, conference i went to a couple of years ago at, at, at gw mm-hmm. was kind of there was a big chart there and it was great because it basically showed sort of the toxicity levels and you know risk and things mm-hmm. and you know certainly cannabinoids are definitely considered less risky than yes. some of the some of the common things like alcohol mm-hmm. you know alcohol is legal mm-hmm. but you know alcohol causes lots of yep. liver problems brain disorders and certainly you know drunk driving and all the rest mm-hmm. right so these are these are things that are out there that are legal it's a much safer so, way yeah. to relax at the end of the day um, yeah. especially CBD being some people will tell you it's not psychoactive. I don't know if I would agree with that necessarily. It's psychoactive, but it's calming. It's not okay. like a high psychoactive. Okay, you so know? it calms, yeah. Yeah, so it okay. has effect on the on the mental state. But got it, got it, it. It's so yeah. much better for you, I think, at the end of the day. It's psycho-calming. Exactly, yeah. right. <laughs> calms the psycho calms the within me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, th- since we're on the topic of um, calming the psycho or psyche, depending on how you think about it, how does CBD interact with different conditions, including, just kind of do a laundry list here, mm-hmm. anxiety, pain, sleeping issues? And then, and then I think a big one, uh, I think a lot of listeners are also interested in, is how, how it might lower inflammation in different ways. 
Yeah, so those processes are all wrapped up in the receptors and how those are working. So, um, you know, like I said, in my view, therapeutically, CBD kind of opens the body up to accept more of these other cannabinoids or other things that interact with the cannabinoid receptors um, to have effects. So, for instance, like you mentioned, the lowering inflammation. One of the key things is that CBD interacts with of vanilloid receptors, which is shortened to a t- something that starts with a T that I can't remember at this moment, but it's a capsaicin receptor. And we know like we use capsaicin very often for pain relief, um, especially as an herbalist, what we would with what we would view as cold conditions or like uh, uh, you know, cramping, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. CBD interacts with those vanilloid receptors, which are inherently like anti-inflammatory. Um, as far as far as anxiety, um, pain, and insomnia, uh, well, actually, the pain I can also speak to because that's also regulated through the vanilloid receptor as well. Um, the vanilloid receptors kind of regulate. Uh, I think it's called nociception, which is the perception of pain. So CBD kind of helps you, it doesn't exactly take the pain away, but it helps you not perceive it as much, if that makes sense. So like CBD and acupuncture would be the perfect combination. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, And I mean, a lot of like massage therapists use CBD balms and things like that um, to to plug into those receptors. It's really what you're doing and you're helping calm the 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 spasms and reduce the inflammation so that's why it's helpful on like a wide variety of types of pain Mm -hmm. um, and inflammation uh yeah as far as anxiety and insomnia are concerned um i that's also kind of more of an interaction i believe with cbd than than the cbd itself it's cbd kind of opening these receptors so that you can um, except more anandamide. So, so I have a question. What mm-hmm. if someone, and we don't have a lab test for this, but what if someone is chronically stressed physically or psychologically, mm-hmm. their, their, you know, 2-AG or anandamide mm-hmm. levels, these endogenous cannabinoid products that we make, mm-hmm. might get depleted. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if you're saying CBD is opening up to be more receptive to our own endogenous cannabinoids, mm-hmm. but with that person maybe listening out there even doesn't have a high level of, of endogenous cannabinoids, would, would CBD help that? I think so, because it would help accept whatever's, whatever's actually there, okay. first of okay. all, okay. yes. And then, um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, there are, I believe that, that there are ways to help nourish the endocannabinoid production within the body as well. Um, I know that they're built from uh, like omega fatty acids back to the fats right yeah so it's very important and and while well, you can even observe this in the hemp plant or the cannabis plant itself okay a lot of people go to hemp seed oil or uh you know shelled hemp hearts yeah for a source of omega-3 fatty acids okay Okay. And so the seed has those within it so that it can start producing the cannabinoids once it you know starts growing so it's this really fascinating process where the plant also needs the same chemical to produce its cannabinoids as we need to produce ours. 
and you can also get that from the plant. All right, getting right <laughs> to the root then. Exactly. For both the plant and, and ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it does come back to plants, even if it's like, oh, we're eating fish, but then the fish got to eat the algae for the mm-hmm. omega-3s, right? So it's kind of like that with them, exactly. it sounds like. Yeah. It's all the circle of life. Yeah. What about insomnia? Have you found either personally or professionally in your herbal practice that, you know, people with different any of the different types of insomnia mm-hmm. uh, the most famous is probably cell phone induced yes. insomnia or you know well sleep hygiene is always going to be important right. to insomniacs and it's often the hardest thing to curb because many of us insomniacs <laughs> like to stay up late watching tv or playing a video game or sitting on their phone right. watching right. videos whatever um so CBD absolutely can help, but you have to also make sure that you're taking care to practice good sleep hygiene. Yeah. Shutting off any blue light, you know, an hour or two before bed. Um, trying to calm down with maybe another activity like reading or yoga nidra. Yoga, right, like exactly. Yeah. Meditation even. Um, so this is profound. You're saying that it won't turn off your cell phone for you. It's not going to do okay. that. Yeah. I, unf- I haven't found a supplement that will turn off your cell phone yet, but I really wish there was one because <laughs> 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 I could use a break from that thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, CBD does help insomnia. And I would say like it's kind of one of the more vital of the cannabinoids to be present if you're really focusing on sleep. Um they work better in concert with mm-hmm. each other, first of all. Uh, but like, even if you're just getting like a, like a purified CBD, it's going to be better to take a high dose of the CBD, um, which is different for every person. And it also depends on how long you've been taking the CBD. Um, but yeah, typically if I have someone coming in saying, I never sleep and I want to use CBD to help, I might put them on a 20 milligram dose right away yeah typically i'll start a little smaller maybe like 10 or 15 to see how it affects them first but um i know that with cbd specifically the higher dose will really help with the sleep what are you thinking about like at a ceiling or higher dose well milligrams of straight cbd so that's a complicated and this is not a treatment podcast right let's just put that yes. out there as a disclaimer please yes. take this as educational talk to your practitioner <laughs> please and, talk to your uh, practitioner yeah. um yeah. because they will actually help you dose out for your body yeah and work you know typically the first dose we give isn't always the correct one anyway. and everybody's different everyone's different yeah. everyone has different amounts of endocannabinoid receptors and uh different influences there of course um but yeah I think that like with pure THC, I think it's, or sorry, pure CBD, it's important to note that like, again, that piece that I stated back there, the cannabinoids will work better in combination with other cannabinoids, but as you know, as well as terpenes, flavonoids or whatever that are found in the plant. Okay. Um, so with pure THC, or if you're using a purified, like distillate version of, T- of CBD. Of CBD. I, sorry, I keep saying THC. Um, yeah, if you're working with a purified form of it, it's going to be less effective. So you're going to need a higher dose, okay. um, first and foremost. Uh, now, if you can get it in a full spectrum extract or um, you extract it in a different type of way where it has uh, good terpenes with it, like 
the ones that I would look for for sleep are myrcene, which helps um, helps the body feel heavy. Okay. Uh, beta caryophyllene, which uh, kind of works similarly to CBD in many ways, and actually does plug into CB2 receptors. So it interacts with the cannabinoid, the endocannabinoid system. Um, and linalool, which is in lavender as well. But uh, that's another kind of like sleepy terpene. So, and there's other terpenes as well, but uh, you start, try, try to find a CBD product that has some terpenes, preferably those. Um, and also, if you have access to medical card or even a recreational market that sells CBD, um, look for like a one-to-one ratio of CBD to THC, uh, if that's possible um, where you're located in, in your budget, uh, because the THC will help that CBD, it basically like helps you feel it more. Okay. And the beautiful thing is that THC and CBD actually work against each other in many ways. So they level each other out. They balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the bad effects that people have associated with THC, CBD will kind of take away, you know, right. paranoia and things like that. Right. Um, so it's just better. The more of those things that you can find in a single product, I'm going to say the better. So I think you answered that question for, you know, how, which forms are best how, you know, getting a high quality project sounds like you want ideally a product that's full spectrum. Yes. More so. More. Okay. Yeah. It obviously depends on who you are, what your job is, whether you get tested, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts right. of different right. factors. Um, and I would say there's even companies that I, I would trust more with a more isolated extract than others even. So it, mm-hmm. you kind of have to just use some discernment when you're, when you're doing your shopping. I think we could probably ask you what companies, if, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so, like, I actually was recently working with a, um active-duty police officer who gets drug tested but has tremendous pain. Um, so what I recommended for that person was uh, CV Sciences. They make the, like, uh, Plus CBD brand. They've okay. been in the business for a really long time, even since before hemp was legalized with the farm bill okay um they've been they have a great purification process that also includes a lot of the terpenes um that are necessary for the cbd to really work um so they have a few different labels they have a gold label a green label and a brown label um the gold label and the green label are probably what i would recommend for people that need zero t like zero chance of okay. testing positive okay. um you know for thc the raw which is the brown they ex- I, as i understand they extract that from the like it's a more full spectrum i guess extract mm-hmm. than the others um and sorry cv sciences if i'm not explaining this properly but <laughs> cv sciences yes yeah uh, they're, they're good yeah the gold label, especially for pain, um, okay. it's like a, it's an internal oil. Um, there's also CBD salve options or like topical creams right. and things. And if you right. find a good company uh, that does that sort of thing, especially if you're dealing with pain or something even located in a specific place, mm-hmm. like Go local. stomach issues, you know, you can take the CBD internally and then also use a topical directly on your stomach. Okay. 
my favorite topical that I use that's a totally non-THC topical is the um, pain relief salve from District Herbs um, here in, in the Washington, District of Columbia. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's a small company. Uh, I'm friends with the herbalist who runs it, and it's just a wonderful product. I really, um, I use it pretty often District myself. Herbs. District okay. Herbs, great, yes. Great, mm -hmm. great to know. Thank you. Well, how important is organic or in terms of that, that, that either certification or, or some sort of process there? I would say it's more important if you're doing internal consumption methods. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There's all sorts of problems with the organic program here in the United States. Yeah, it's and another rabbit hole. That's another, another rabbit, rabbit hole that we yeah. could go down. But yeah. um, I think, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more important uh, for internal products just because a lot of people, since it's such a cash grab yeah. kind of thing right. that you can do now anyone can get into cbd and make like decent money if they're smart enough um you have to use some discernment again and make sure that you're finding a product that the plants were raised without pesticides uh because you don't want to be consuming any of that a lot of that yeah. stuff will come out in the extraction process yeah and it's concentrated and so, it's concentrated right. then right? right so you really just want to make sure that you research the company that you're looking for at see how they do their processing some people don't even work with the plant itself they mm. buy a distillate okay. isolate cbd and then combine it with other things they're other not people. really in touch then. well you know the the product that i just talked about is one of those products but it works because it's combined with the proper other plants to, yeah. to help it work better okay. um but also she does work with a grower that she knows, so she's doing the sourcing for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I would say it's gonna depend on a few different factors, but always, if you're using a CBD product, get to know the company, I think, yeah. first and foremost. What's their story? How do they do things? Kind of um, like if you're going to a farmer's market, it's exactly. nice to, to know who the farmer is, yep. where they grow, and mm -hmm. even like how they nurture their crops exactly. and like that. It really tells you, you know, if people take care of their plants, then the medicines from those plants will be better. And they'll take care of you. Exactly. Do you have any recommended resources? Actually, before we go to resources, um, let's go to the risk questions. <laughs> I think that's always a question. You know, a lot of people out there are kind of like, why should I take CBD? I don't know much about it. I know that, you know, they just don't, people don't know. So are there any risks? What, what would you say about that question? There are some slight risks associated with CBD. Um, it's more, it's definitely going to be more about if you're on other prescription medications. Um, CBD by itself or, you know, in concert with other things has very few side effects, um, but it does have some interactions with the cytochrome P450 enzyme system in the liver, which affects some processing of some medications. Um, I know that that system is extremely complicated, so I don't have any hard and fast rules uh, in my back pocket, uh, but I do know, I typically tell people like, if your medication says don't eat grapefruit, maybe you also shouldn't take any gigantic doses of CBD. Maybe keep it to very small microdoses or something like that. Okay, because you know. that same system interacts. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to, I want to make sure that like if people are taking their prescription medications that those medications are working to their full yeah. effect because 
we want it to work faster so that we can eventually right. get them off of it, hopefully. Right. Many of my clients have that goal. Um, so yeah, I, I would just be careful, just do some research, maybe talk to your doctor. Yeah. Although a lot of doctors don't know much about CBD. No, they don't. So I don't know, find someone <laughs> who you can trust to talk about CBD with, um, who can look into the data. Uh, I would really worry about like metabolic medications mostly, you know, yeah. anything affecting the liver, anything yeah. affecting you know, the heart or yeah. the pancreas or anything. Cardiac, like that. Yeah. cholesterol meds. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. I would worry about those first and foremost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we'll have, uh, with how our pharmacist, uh, circle back on that. Good. Yes. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I will listen. Yeah. And get my information <laughs> straight there. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, and then do you have any recommended resources for our listeners to, um, kind of learn more about, about CBD kind of mm-hmm. get started and things? Yes, there are several great people in the field right now. Um, One of the people who I've listened to that's really informed a lot of my perspectives, not only in cannabis, but actually in herbal medicine in general, is Dr. Ethan Rousseau, who talks about the entourage effect, Mm -hmm. which is the synergistic effect between terpenes, cannabinoids, and I think, personally, I think other plant compounds as well, alkaloids and whatnot. Um, so he's one person that you can kind of research. He has a lot of talks on YouTube, a lot of papers published where you can really learn not just about the cannabinoids, but then also about the terpenes, um, and how they interact. Uh, I also really like leafly.com as just like a entry point. If you're just starting to learn about these things, they have a lot of great articles that they keep updated about specific cannabinoids, about specific terpenes. They'll even tell you what strains they come in sometimes. Uh, They have a lot of great information. And the next person that I would recommend would be Dr. Sulak, um, who I'm fortunate enough actually to share a client with, uh, but he's a big deal uh, in the cannabis community. As he, he, He runs a company called Healer, I think is, I think it's just called Healer. Um, oh, the online company, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has. I know he has products in the in the Maryland market, at least, probably elsewhere too. But he has like uh, tinctures, for instance, that have not only the CBD but also some THC, some THCA, some CBDa, which okay. are other forms of these cannabinoids that also have their own benefits as well. Um, but he has also just. He does webinars. Um, he has so much great information on his website as well. Dr. So Sulak. Dr. Sulak, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And then, Sean, what is one thing you wish people knew about CBD? Just like the, the take-home, you know? First and foremost, I think I just have to kind of harp on what I've been saying this whole time, which is like CBD by itself is not going to do much for you. So if you get a CBD isolate and it's literally nothing but CBD, don't complain when it doesn't do anything for It's like you. A, a violin without the rest of the orchestra right. kind of thing. Or, or like a violin even without the, without the, without the bow. Without the bow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it, it just, is beautiful, but. It's pretty. <laughs> uh, it can make music. It yeah. can have this effect, but it kind of you kind of need something with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just feel like so many people take CBD, uh, like an isolate or a product made from an isolate that they just, you know, they just go to the gas station and get a CBD product and 
dens, they say, well, it doesn't work for me. It might be the worst place to get CBD. It's the worst place. Okay. Don't buy any cannabis products. Take home message. Take home <laughs> From message. a gas station, please. It horrifies me. Or a hair salon. <laughs> or in a hair salon, Which, right. they're great, but like I said, I went to the hair hair place and there was some CBD love there. Love my hairdressers. It probably does great yeah, things no, for I your love, hair. Love but they yeah. can't tell you a thing about it, probably. Yeah. Unless they're very well-informed hairdressers. Unless which they also work at a cannabis maybe, dispensary. And who knows? I bet they you they, they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You just got to find them. <laughs> Multiple hats, jack of all trades. Exactly. It's possible, yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for coming on today. We always ask our guests to close some fun questions. Yes. So this is a special question for you as a clinical herbalist. Mm-hmm. So let's say you were flying or walking or on the ship to a desert island okay. and you had to take your bag <laughs> with you and you had, um, this might be a hard question. It's so, probably going to be a hard um, question. But you had to pack three herbs with okay. you. What would they be? Very good question. And I should uh, say before that something that I learned when I was first learning herbalism is it's better to have or to know 100 uses for one herb than it is to know 100 herbs with one use. So I'm going to have to pick some herbs that are very multi-talented. I think the first one I would say is chamomile. It's widely available, easy to access, delicious, calming, very anti-inflammatory. It has a chemical in it called alpha-bisabolol, I think I mentioned earlier, that soothes inflammation. Um, and honestly, it's in my family, I'm kind of famous for like just throwing chamomile at all of my problems. <laughs> you know? So you have a hundred uses for it. I probably do. Yeah. If you, if you make me count them out. Um, let's see. So that one, um, my other one would probably be Rose in some form. Uh, my last name is Rose. So we always make the joke that that was like kind of my herb that called me to it. But, um, I like Rose again as a as a kind of a gentle supporter for the whole body. It's very lightly astringent, so it helps your tissues kind of stay tight, um, prevents leakage. Uh, it helps to- tonify mucous membranes along with a few other herbs like cinnamon and marshmallow. Um, it is lightly carminative, so it can help with like gas pain. Uh, it can help release that. And it also is cardiotonic very lightly. So it just gently supports the heart. In herbalism, in clinical herbalism, we definitely look at the physical heart as the same as the emotional heart. So um, A lot of emotion just stored in the heart. Exactly. We know the heart is the second or third brain, depending on what you Exactly. And uh, the rose is amazing in here. I yeah. love it. Really um, so that's probably my second herb. Okay, chamomile rose. Let's see, my third herb. That's really hard. Hmm. You know, I use a lot of nervines, uh, so herbs that will affect the nerves. Um, actually, I might even have to say hawthorn, which is another herb in the rose family. So it actually has a lot of cardiotonic effects. We use either the berry or the leaf. Um, the berry is very important in a lot of different uh traditional medicine cultures so in Chinese medicine uh, they see hawthorn berry as um, bringing the shen back into the body the shen being the spirit of Mm -hmm. like the mind almost Mm -hmm. Uh, so a lot of herbalists observe that hawthorn berry while it's useful for 
conditions of the heart, of course, and, t- and like strengthening the heart muscle also will help in conditions like autism, ADHD, um, just helping to provide like a more calm emotional environment inside. Um, so maybe I think that might be my third herb and pro- those are probably my three most used herbs for myself among many others. Awesome. It's hard to narrow narrow a list down to three, but yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great beach vacation there. With yeah, it would taste good at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, how can listeners learn more about you and work with you? So you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Mental Health Herbalist. That's all one word. Okay, Mental Health Herbalist. Mental Health Herbalist. Um, I am currently building a website that should be up and running by the time this comes out. Call uh, it's Tenderhearted dot love, T E N D E R H E A R T E D dot love. That's so cool with the dot love suffix. Yeah, yeah. I stole nice. that from a few other herbalists. Okay. So they, they, <laughs> all right, hey. they, they were hip to it, and I was like, I like that, and I'm going to take it. Nothing's original. My, no need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's been out there. And, you know, we're trying to spread the love here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's one way you can reach me. Um, if you're in and around Baltimore, come see me on Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, from 11 to 6, currently at least, uh, at Hugh Apothecary and Cafe. Also, if you like vegan food, they do great, like, vegan soul food. And, Is that downtown or uh, No, outside? it's in the county. In the um, county? It's okay. in Owings Mills, Owings Mills, right on okay. Dolefield Road, okay. so right off of Reisterstown Road. Um, okay. okay. Nice. And... Uh, please come see me at Strobe Apothecary. We have very limited open hours at the moment because we are volunteers. We don't get paid for the work that we do, but we love what we do. Um, and we want to pay ourselves, so we need more sales. So come visit me. I'm there on Thursdays from Thursdays. 12 to 5 and okay. some select Saturdays. Nice. Uh, and lastly, if you ever just want to like talk to me at all, I keep my email inbox open. I love talking about herbs. It's all I do all day, every day. <laughs> uh, so you can email me at sean at tenderhearted.love. Sean at tenderhearted.love. Yes, Got and it. I spell my name the correct way. It's S-E-A-N. <laughs> For all those other Seans <laughs> out there, apologies. I, but, love uh, you, I love you other Seans, but <laughs> you, know, you know that I'm right. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Sean. It's my pleasure. S-E-A-N. Thank yes. you so much. For Thank you, Dr. Today. Long. Nice I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.